Hey everyone, welcome back to another creator interview, uh, Kickstarter preview. My name is Zach with World of Game Design and Geeks Camp, and I am joined by the, uh, the creator extraordinaire, Jeff Jones. Jeff, how are you doing? I'm doing great, Zach. Thanks for having me on. Absolutely, absolutely. Uh, Jeff, uh, we're going to talk about Scoundrels of Brixton here in a moment. Um, which um, I'm excited about for a couple of different levels. But before I do that, I um, just wanted to say, first off, thank you. You, you, you came by, um, you came out to GaryCon and hung out with us for a while. And uh, that was really cool to get to hang out with you. And um, you sat on a panel with me and all in all, that was just a really, really fun experience. Yeah, I, w I went there. I didn't sign up for any games. Uh, a friend of mine who, who told me, um, Mark Finn, he said, if you're, he heard Irish saying is if you are um, if three people tell you you're drunk, you better go lay down. Well, uh -huh. I had three people tell me to go to GaryCon. I need to go, so I did. And the whole point was to hang out and uh, I guess hang out with you guys is one of the highlights of and even our get together was really the highlights of my trip there. So I appreciate that. Yeah, yeah, we did. We did a panel. Then you you kind of organized or helped organize a like a. a, a a creator or a small publisher indie publisher a little uh get together one evening uh you went i think troy hosted a a zine uh mixer yes you were on as well or, or or hung out on so just a lot of different um and we got to have uh good sushi with you so it was a... we did i appreciate that <laughs> good sushi yeah so it was it was a blast and uh we should do it again next year that's what i'm that's that's really the whole point of this podcast is to get you to publicly be forced to to acknowledge that we should hang out again. <laughs> so, yeah, it doesn't take much twisting my arm for that to happen. <laughs> <that's good. laughs> uh, yeah, that was awesome. So we, you and I chatted. Our panel was on uh, third party licensing for different systems, and uh, I knew that you had the Scoundrels of Brixton Kickstarter coming up. And um, that's part of the reason that I that I asked you onto that panel. But but really now this is my opportunity to pick your brain on this project in general because this book is for the Cephas engine, which is what Traveler is built upon, right? Well, actually reverse. So it's it's based off the Traveler SRD. Yeah, fair enough. Okay, that's that's the better way to say that. Yeah, yeah. Um, that's very interesting to me. I've never played Traveler. I have no idea what the Cephas engine is for the most part. And, um, um, I'm, so I'm curious on multiple fronts and anytime we have the opportunity on the show to interview somebody who is bringing a new system for us to the table, right? That's, that's exciting. And I want to, I, I want to, Pick your brain a little bit about why the Cephas engine for this project, uh, what makes you interested in it, and um, what it's good at. So could we start there? Could we start with just, just chatting about the Cephas engine? Oh, that'd be great. Yeah. Tell me about it. Yeah. So so it was really born out of, and I don't know the details, um, but in general, Traveler came out with, a, uh, with an, an OGL through mongoose mm -hmm. something happened i don't know what something happened that was kind of a similar freak out moment that happened with the ogl 
with the uh, with uh, uh, with TSR that cause them to kind of strip away and reformulate everything independent of a traveler, but it's still, it's still traveler. You know, there may be some people there. It's still a 2d6. It still uses all the skills to say, I mean, it's, it's, it's pretty much there. So, you know, it, it branched away so that it could be truly open and free from the, uh, from the traveler, uh, from from mongoose because of the fear who knows what's going to happen in the future but that's how it was born and i would also say that you know looking at the the cephas engine community it's pretty vibrant there's a lot of people publishing and publishing their own settings and kind of going different directions with it uh, what what makes what what's exciting about uh the the cephas engine the mechanics the system itself that 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 draws folks to it. So it is kind of interesting because it, it, it emulates more, I would say of the 70s sci-fi mm -hmm. than, than later sci-fi. So it is very much a um, somewhat lethal. Um, it is, it, even though you could put more tech, it's it, the whole thing behind it is kind of more of you know, maybe you'd watch in Dune uh, something, even though it's it's reaches the stars. You know, the expanse is kind of similar. Mm -hmm. um, also, I guess with Firefly uh, or Serenity, the it it, it does a good job um, implementing that. It also has simple rules for generating uh, worlds. It also can you can easily implement commerce. It was probably the most, as far as the mechanics, the characters, the setting, and the um, the various rules, it is probably one of the most sandboxy um, sci-fi games you can play. And it, you can play anything from, you want to be merchants, you can be merchants. You can spend the whole time with spreadsheets, or you can be mercenaries or or scouts or play within that space. And it does very well in that sort of space. It's not like a... But it would not play well space opera, for instance. It doesn't work that well. What so so uh because it gets down into the minutiae and the grit, is that kind of why you would say it doesn't lean towards space opera? So what I would say is the rules are fairly clean and elegant. Um it doesn't it's not like a lot of the um I guess later systems where it has a lot of minutiae. Um but but as a the matter of the way the mechanics work and the characters are built, it is it can be lethal to be in combat. So yeah. really combat is generally not something that people seek out. Mm -hmm. It is usually something that if you are going to, in, in many ways, I guess it would be akin to like say old school essentials. Okay. You know, it's, it's you're really trying to do your best either to be not in combat <laughs> or to make sure that the, the odds are stacked in your favor before you ever get involved in it. Uh -huh. Yeah, that definitely like rules out the 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 wild spray of fire um, from Star Wars or something like that, where or 40K or, you know, there's other space sci fi uh, driven things where where combat is at the core of the experience. Yeah, and it, and it can be. I mean, you, you can, but also it's a rifle shot will, can take a person out completely and there's no resurrection. There's no you know, three saving throws or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Gotcha. Okay, cool. Um, that's very interesting. And so 
Traveler, in my mind, it's always been the the little black box with the with the black booklets in it and the expansion in that way. Really, it, as an outsider, it especially over the last few years, it's appealed to me as something that I should sink my teeth into because I, I saw it as, I, I didn't know what it was as a system, but I saw it as something that was interested in designing things out in this modular sort of a way at least that's from an outsider's perspective like oh each one of these books focuses on something different and they don't all come in the core book you buy books and you weld them onto your experience or whatnot and the the small book format of course appeals to my zine zine love and everything else so this has been one of those systems that just kind of I've I've slipped past most of the time so far, so that's it's so so if you, so I have the combine. It's a hardback uh, book. Is one one of the earlier um, based the little black books combined in one hardback. But uh-huh. in one hardback, within like I can't remember, like 110 pages, you have character creation. Uh, you have starship, uh, you know, uh, creation as far as buying and outfitting starship combat world generation economics and uh, and many other things all within like you know 110 pages if you look at the breadth of what it does in a very succinct manner but yet still be you can play anything you want with that book you don't really need anything else it's it's pretty astounding so then it's wild to me um like i'm not going to say that yours is definitively the first cephas engine product that i've seen on kickstarter because it's probably not i probably saw some and just went right over my head or went right by me right but it's astounding to me because i think this is the perfect sort of a system for third-party creators to dive into and to create for because it's already built to be clean and elegant and uh, offer a wide array of different experiences and um you know to me this is this is this is this is the true fodder that that being a designer for is is great uh it's great to dive into this sort of thing because there's so many directions you could go and it it sounds like it's a system or a product that really has like kind of has a lot of access points kind of built in that you could you could attach yourself to yeah and in this is very much it's it, there's a lot of software tools out there to generate systems um and and um uh, so uh, our sectors and subsectors and even solar systems. So um, in it, in especially if characters have ships, which generally is the case, it is definitely lead to a sandbox experience that really can, can go so many different directions. Mm-hmm. And because it has economic tools, you can also, you know, tie that in your, you know, maybe, you know, you, the characters plot out and I ran a campaign this way with traveler is uh there's kind of what makes this is economic routes. And then once you set those routes, then as an, as a GM, you can set up adventures on each one of those stops, Hmm. you know, something that's happening tailored to the world and to their circumstances. And so, yeah, you can military or economics or even just uh, uh, exploration. Um, You can do so much and it doesn't have to be either all one of those things. It can be, you know, it can vary from, from uh, session to session, or even campaign to campaign. So you've put together uh, a book called Scoundrels of Brixton, which um, is a, a detailed overview of a s- system called the Brixton system. 
um, and its inhabitants and uh, corporations and gangs and you know, different planets and all that 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 fill it up. Um, how much of this book, before we get into the book itself, how much of this book's contents are designed or that utilize mechanics within the Cephas engine, and how much of this Scoundrels of Brixton setting guide is, you know, system agnostic flavor and ideas? I would say that probably 95% of it is system agnostic. Mm-hmm. So like the universal world profiles uh, maybe don't really mean that much. The tags, uh, they're kind of important for a traveler if you want to do trade, but for the individual planets, it doesn't, it, it doesn't really limit to being used by others. Other than that, the NPCs are statted out using the, um, using the Cephas engine stats and skills, but you can just look those over and it's easy to make a conversion to other systems. But other than that, the 95% of the content really is more about the, about the setting than it is about any sort of mechanics. Yeah, that's interesting. So I'm, I'm, I, uh, again, my interest is peaked with the traveler, with traveler and with this, this new system. I'm always intrigued by new systems, but uh, I already know uh, mothership, right? So in my mind, my, my compare point of comparison if I don't learn Cephas, how difficult is this going to be to translate into Mothership? Because that's something that I already play. And it's interesting. We we work with folks like Joel Hines and others that make a bunch of Mothership books. And when people come up to our booth or we talk to people in general and they say, how difficult is this book to convert from Mothership to things like Traveler or star wars or something like that right like what's the difficulty and joel said almost exactly the same thing as you just said which is like for his books like 95 percent of the book's contents are system agnostic and then there's these pieces over here and as soon as you start breaking down the pieces like when you say npcs i'm like oh well that's no big deal at all like um i could do that and uh convert to a mothership or whatever in my sleep like that's not a big deal but i i do get the sense based off of the the little preview that I've gotten of your of your Kickstarter and stuff, but like there is an attitude that will feel a little bit different. And you kind of touched on that already, right? Like it focuses on slightly different things than you might see a supplement for Mothership or a supplement for Alien RPG or for Star Wars or whatever focusing on, right? Like each one of these is still playing in a galaxy that you could share right there's no reason why you can't have it all in one but the language of the game emphasizes different pieces of that galaxy um and the planets or the corporations or the individuals a little bit differently um and i that's very interesting to me on that level like you said it's this this feels your kickstarter page very much communicates a product that um it's a little bit more wide in scope than than some of those other systems usually go. Yeah, and I think trout like for instance, you, you know, really mothership, and in like literally say Star Wars or many others, they they are set to deliver a specific um, uh, feeling. Um, the setting is, I think, like with mothership, the the horror, the dread uh, is pretty much tied into the expectation. Where in Alien, you know, the stress, I mean, you know, if you're playing Alien, but you're not, you know, 
having things generate stress, you're really not playing alien, right? right. So, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and so traveler does not have those elements, but you know, in but that is something to explore. I think traveler does work well with uh within those genres, but it, it of itself, Cephas Engine doesn't have uh any sort of rules for stress or for, for horror, but that could be something, you know, could be explored later on. Sure. But it, but it, but it definitely, I think the, the feel for what I'm going for, for, for this setting is very much um, a, um, is very much tied into uh, 70s punk. Hmm. So it really is tied in the vibe of things aren't going well. The government's really not your friend. Uh, there's tension everywhere. Uh, there's, uh, there's, there are, everything's kind of loaded and spring loaded for, for conflict and for situations and for complications. You know, it, the, that is kind of really where the whole setting is, but also uh, within the worlds, within the Brixton setting, I do uh, kind of create different worlds that provide different areas to explore so there is an opportunity for for horror in certain places and um and going on from there but in of itself it, it, the, the the tension really is in within it's not so much uh fighting aliens and it's not so much um fighting existential dread or but really dealing with uh, a difficult situations and trying to come out ahead if it's possible mm-hmm. are there um Oh, for someone who's trying to get a good grasp and try to compare it to something that they're already familiar with, are there particular books or films or TV series that you feel like really capture the atmosphere of what you're going for? You know, that's a good question. So I, you know, one things I said, but then Adam, who's who's helped me a lot with this book, uh, I said it it would be like if uh, if um, I said if uh, if the Clash, the rock group, and um, and Blade Runner had a baby. Mm. He's like, no, no, he's gonna understand that. Okay, it's, <laughs> it's in some ways, it's it's. Uh, I'm trying to think if you were to think of like the the Sopranos and the Expanse, mm. or um, I'm not really good with a lot of the crime movies, but think of a lot of the crime movies and tie it in with with a sci-fi where it is. It, it's kind of lower tech. This isn't about it. Most of the things we're dealing with here are, are um, we're not talking about people in powered armor with laser rifles. It's going to be gritty, no armor, pistols in various situations, dealing with other, with criminal elements. Almost like uh, you get this phenomenal piece of art on, on your cover and um, the gal on it very much gives me um, Han Solo vibes. And so I know we we just said, space opera is not the thing but it definitely like there's there's this flavor of like the underbelly of star wars that right does and and or would be a very good uh yeah fitting so would rogue one so would the han solo movie would be i think a good yeah feeling yeah which is which is interesting because i think that's the part of star wars that people really love right now is uh less the the monks building laser swords and more the, right. the scoundrels uh to you should exactly. you should think about using that word every once in a while in your product <laughs> um, but the scoundrels running around without armor you know and with their their roguish attire you know um warring against 
empires and and criminal organizations, right? Well, and I think even going back to like even like with Marvel movies, and I think was the same thing that's been going on where you know, you have the Marvel movies that that focus on the big wide sweeping things, and you got Star Wars on the big wide sweeping galaxy, but then you have like the Netflix for Marvel where you had the Daredevil or Street yeah. Level, yeah. and then for Marvel, you know, or with the with the Disney, then you had the uh, with with Andor uh, where you're actually just dealing with more you know focusing on the people and this it, the stakes are high but they're not you know galaxy yeah. spanning stakes they are very personal stakes mm, i like that i like that more personal stories um and and more the people who uh uh live in the mud as opposed to the people who live in the high towers um and the, the other thing is with the intent the people can do whatever they want i mean it's there's no prescription of how to use it. but for me the idea is to kind of keep this somewhat claustrophobic where you keep players contained so that the their actions have reactions and everything they do has implications that come back where if they're just flying off to to wherever every 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 uh, session you know you kind of lose that that yeah. you know a buildup of 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 the campaign that kind of leads me to my next question, which is like, how do you imagine people using this book? Uh, so, so let's assume that this is a traveler, or a at least a Cephas engine game master, or someone who plans on using it for the Cephas engine, or introducing their players uh, to to this to this system. Like, how do you imagine this product being used at the game table? I see it three. There's three three ways. One is uh, these are people that are. Um, so are landbound to uh, the planets called Deluvia, and it could be in Sky City, but they are just planet bound and they are locked in and, and um, they are trying to um, survive in this world and figure out what it means to do be successful. Whether maybe it means to get off the world, maybe it means to um, maybe start a gang, or maybe it just means to get enough wealth to, to buy themselves, you know, That's out a- of... That's a very Blade Runner feel, right? Yeah. You're you. Yes, we have sci-fi, and there are ships that go to other planets. But for our story, you are not one of those fortunate few who gets yeah, to exactly. go off world. Yeah. <laughs> You're on this mud vault. The other one would be is that it could be that players are our characters come into the setting, maybe, and they do have means, but they are interacting with with the setting, and maybe the situations arise, and um, they could be um but they don't have to be of that setting and they don't have to be trapped there and but yet the npcs the situations the scenarios the plot hooks they all apply um we also within the system there's another layer where they could also travel within the solar system the idea is that the different planets offer different opportunities to do different kinds of things Hmm. Hmm. and um and then the other thing is uh, the the gms could just simply just disassemble it and but pieces of the NPCs wherever they want. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's very cool. Um, I could see it. it would, would, do you feel like this is probably more of a general system question and less of a for your product? Uh, I apologize if this isn't the perfect sales pitch question. Uh, <laughs> but um, if somebody has never played in this RPG before, do you feel like 
uh, you know, if you're a GM who's looking to get into this game, that Scoundrels of Brixton is a good resource for you to pick up to kind of, obviously you'll need the core books or whatever, but like, it's a good resource to start your journey into this game. Yeah. I think really it provides a good means for starting really for most systems because most of it is the NPCs um, are easy to, to switch over mainly because it's an older system, it's stats and skills. There's not a lot of like, uh, and I think that having the number of NPCs and factions and groups all kind of tied together succinctly, it makes a nice environment to place characters into in a way that they can latch on to different people. So I, and I think the Cephas, Cephas engine itself is also fairly straightforward too to learn. So I think both, you know, within the Cephas engine, that's or traveler, it is a, a relatively simple system mm-hmm. to learn. And I think the setting also implies a, a good system to start in as well. And one of the things that I like about sometimes folks say something as a setting guide or a setting, and to some extent that raises a red flag for me. Um, not always, but typically when I hear, oh, this is a setting, it means great. If I don't play, if I don't play in your world, this is all about your system and there's not really anything for me to pull from. Ah, but if, yeah. but on the flip side, you want me to play in your world and maybe I do love in your world, but you haven't given me the tool set to actually, actually run a game. And, and one of the things that I've noticed on your page is that you don't just talk about a setting, but you talk about scenarios that you put together within that setting. And to me, that kind of really helped solidify this as a really interesting product because it's not just, on the one hand, you're wanting us to play in it, but you're giving us the tools to immediately play in your world, which is super useful. Um, and on the flip side, you just talked about the idea of giving enough tools within there that you could break apart to where if I love Cephas Engine, but I've got my own world and my own stories that I want to tell, there's enough pieces in here that you can break apart, whether it's the gangs or it's these individual scenarios or it's the NPCs that you can say, these don't necessarily have to be tied to this system. You can scatter them across, you know, systems with them, similar themes and, and ideas that you have in your world. Yeah. So like, like for instance, like you mentioned, we, we have plot hooks. So for every, every faction or gang, there's some plot hooks. For every NPC is a write-up, but there's also a little, could be little plot hooks involved with, within those people too. And so everybody has some sort of way that's provided to give players or is the GM ideas of how to get the players to interact with them. And, and those can be done individually. So you could pull out, like for instance, you know, one of them is really just the police, is one of the factions of the gangs, or it's a corrupt police dis- district. You could put that in any 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 setting. It doesn't really matter, but the people are are the way they're written up and the way the the, the stats are. It allows either in some ways for players to you know the idea isn't that these gangs or these factions are always let you fight them. They could also be allies. They could be patrons. Mm-hmm. So maybe the corrupt police would want to hire you to go do something. Mm-hmm. You know that they can't do or for whatever reason. So, mm-hmm. and the same thing with locations. Same way we we try to um, make sure that. We can just throw something out. I expect to just give people ideas how to use those, and individually they can be used. So it's it doesn't you don't need to. The police don't have to be in that city. They don't the the sky city doesn't have to be on that planet. Mm-hmm. Well, so let's see. We're getting close to to wrap up time here. Um, 
why so let's 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 get let's go back to an overview question which is why make this product jeff like what 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 inspired you to make scoundrels of brixton there and i i think what inspired me to do this is uh is well actually was blades in the dark Mm -hmm. uh was original inspiration and i thought and the idea is that you're you're criminals the idea is that you're in an in one of the rules of uh, blades in the dark with the conceits is that there are no good people like not necessarily any good vigil but all the all the factions all the gangs all the crews nobody's good mm-hmm. so so if you're fighting them you're not fight, you're not good people fighting bad people or bad people fighting good people so the idea is the setting is there is a lot of people who are who are um uh to interact with uh that you can choose to be positive or negative without necessarily sort of moral consequence and I don't necessarily see that in sci-fi as far as playing gangs. I don't think it's as far as playing gritty or dealing with crime. So I didn't really see that in sci-fi. And I thought that's just a nice marriage of having crime with sci-fi. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And you had already, you had already kind of dabbled in this a little bit. You, you released a zine. Actually, I think I have three zines from you yeah. called scoundrels before, uh, but I think those had a slightly different, oh, they had a slightly different intent, and and I don't recall that they had anything to do with the Cephas engine. So, so that is correct. So the intent for that was, and that was the original, and I kind of use these interchangeably because, and then, but the first scoundrels make your your game criminal was strictly, it was a general, it had a little bit of a general setting. Mm-hmm. Um, it had all the tools for taking really a sci-fi game and making it criminal. Hmm. Whereas this one is actually, uh, instead of taking a broad approach, it's saying, let's develop the setting, let's develop the people, yeah. and take a very direct approach and add the mechanics to it. So they both work, they, they're both, uh, they're complementary and they work together, but they're also separate uh, products as well. Awesome. So Scoundrels of Brixton is launching around April 18th. Yes. The target date. Um, and you're hoping to run it, what, for three or four weeks? That, that three, three weeks, yeah. Three weeks. Cool. Awesome. It's a zine. If people uh, don't know, like uh, it, it, it's a zine format. Um, and I know, um, are you still playing? I know on previous books, you kind of set it up in a way to where you could support international people on the same end. Is that still the plan for this? Or are you? Are you? Oh yeah, no, because I can do print on demand through Lulu. Uh, the the UK is very cheap, and I'm also able to support uh, pretty much all the the uh, uh, non US backers. Cool. So you'll have a print on demand option for people who want to avoid things getting shipped out of the US and all that lovely cost. Um, yes, that's that's great. Perfect. Perfect. Um, cool. All right. So Scoundrels of Brixton launching on April 18th, going for three weeks. Um, it's a zine. So that means it's, it's cheap. And I would be remiss to say that I, I, I noticed, uh, that you'll have some of your other works on there as well. So this is, this is a great opportunity, uh, uh, for someone who has never met Jeff before or read a Jeff product to get in and, and, and get a bundle. So. Uh, yes, you're right. So uh, get full Jeffness at uh, one time. Get get a get a get a a, a, 
a sampler platter. Oh, there you go. I like that. Jeff Jones uh, experience. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Perfect. I love it. Cool. Well, Jeff, thank you so much for uh, hopping on, uh, taking time. Um, I'm going to point people and say, obviously, there'll be links down in the show notes for Scoundrels of Brixton. Also, uh, Jeff, you have you host the RBG Ramblings uh, show podcast. Um, we'll send people that way. That's a great that's a great show when you do a lot of interviews just like this one, but yes. with other creators talking about different uh, facets of the industry. Um, anything else that we should be directing people to? Uh, that's a good question. I think that's it for now. Cool. Perfect. Uh, well, thanks again, and uh, best of luck to you on your Kickstarter. Oh, I do. If you want to reach out to me, probably this way is uh, Facebook or I underscore am underscore Jeffrey at uh, on Twitter. I am Jeffrey. Yeah. Well, good luck, Jeff, and uh, we'll talk to you soon. Thanks, Zach.